Hello, everyone. Hope you're having a good 2020-23 so far. As Aiden Ross says, my good friend, good colleague, esteemed colleague, we did a short about him on the YouTube channel. Feel free to go check that out at Anonymous Investors Podcast on YouTube. Our handle is at Federal Reserve Bank, which got very quickly reserved and very intelligently. That's a very good handle. I appreciate that, God. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for stepping in today. How you doing? Doing good. Can't complain better than I deserve, as the great Dave Ramsey once said. Inshallah. Inshallah, brother. Welcome back to another episode of the Anonymous Investors Podcast. This is episode 40. 40, 40, 40. What's up, God? How you doing? What it do, what it be? How's the people of your kingdom treating you today, my friend? Pretty good. They, you know, they're being obedient. Uh, can't complain. I do have to say this, though. There was one guy who was not being obedient and not following the literature outlined in your sacred scripture and that was the gucci bishop that we previously spoke about if you haven't seen the clip it's a six or seven minute clip on the main channel at anonymous investors podcast on youtube feel free to check it out uh we did a whole video reacting to him being robbed on a live stream footage it was pretty hilarious i couldn't play the original clip on there i was worried you know youtube with any sort of violent things or even in a situation where someone's getting robbed at gunpoint probably not kosher to play that but it's kosher for us to react so we did that instead, but feel free to go check that out. That was a great clip. One of my favorite long form pieces of content we've ever done. But anyway, I digress. The Gucci Bishop by the name of Lamar Whitehead was recently arrested. Uh-oh, for wire fraud schemes. Stupid. And on top of that, it looks like he was arrested by federal agents for allegedly scamming a member of his congregation, among other charges. They say that he drove a Rolls Royce and often wears pricey jewelry and Gucci suits, hence the Gucci Bishop mantra. And the feds are alleging that Whitehead, who is 44 years old, swindles one, swindled one of his parishioners out of $90,000 of her retirement savings by promising to use the cash to buy her a home. And instead, he blew it on luxury goods and clothing, according to the indictment. And another alleged scheme, he extorted a businessman for $5,000 and asked the man to lend him half a million dollars, promising he could obtain favorable action by New York City's government. In exchange for the cash and interest in real estate transactions, the indictment entails. God, what do you think about uh, the member of your church, the member of the family that you congregate, stepping out of the lines and sort of going out of bounds and being a little flagrant here? I don't know if the people saw this because uh, I don't know how the way it's going to be edited. But while you were talking, I couldn't really focus because I saw something in the corner. It said Wells Fargo guy urinated on passenger. And I like I I, I was yes, so surprised by that. that. I couldn't really pay attention. <laughs> you did see that? <laughs> yeah, did, you didn't hear that either. All right, we'll jump right into that after. But what do you think about the Gucci Bishop being arrested for fraud and scamming his parishioners, obviously, and you know driving a Rolls Royce and wearing these luxury clothes and you know, flying on the private jets and whatever. What do you think about all that? Does that sound about par for the course for the bishops, or is that something that uh, is a little out of the norm for your kingdom? Oh, I mean, I think it's, uh, I mean, it, ha it happened before. It's not, it's not atypical for something like this to happen when people are put in these positions of like uh, stewards of capital and they, uh, 
they go for it and they spend it on uh, these frivolous things. They spend it on these expensive clothing, these luxury brands, Gucci, Balenciaga, all these other uh, brands. This guy was living a very luxurious and flamboyant life, and he wasn't um, doing what he was supposed to be doing. He wasn't taking care of the needy, taking care of the uh, the poor, and being charitable uh, with the money that he was that he was received. I say that um he deserves to go to jail for this and you know i'm not counting him totally out i think you know he repents and does what's necessary he could probably live a uh good and fruitful life in the future but i think he's got a lot of internal reflecting to do and a lot of internal soul searching to do to realize uh what he did and how wrong it was and how he can you know change his ways in the future but i don't know at this point if he's you know repented for his sins if he even realizes what he did was wrong or if he uh even recognizes the errors of his ways. Perhaps, perhaps. And the article that you did see was 100% right. The uh, Wells Fargo vice president was fired for urinating on a passenger in business class. Yeah. So I did read this. This was in the uh, New York Post, I believe. Which, by the way, they're a decent paper, but they get a lot of shit wrong. But sometimes they get a lot of shit right. So I don't really know what to make of it. But I will tell you this. Yeah, this guy fucking pissed on this lady when he was in business class on the plane. And uh, this guy was a VP based in India, I believe. Let me uh, double check here. Here We could say his name. It's public. All right, here we go. This is a tongue twister right here. Shankara Mishra, who worked for Wells Fargo at its Mumbai corporate office, was identified as the executive who was terminated. He allegedly urinated on a 72-year-old woman as they both flew business class aboard a recent Air India flight. Uh, so he pissed on her, and an attorney for Mishra told local media the banking executive reached a financial settlement with an unidentified victim as compensation. It says he reportedly arranged to have the woman's clothing and bag cleaned up after it was stained with his urine. But the woman is said to have returned the money and filed a complaint with the airline. Look, so. Wow, that's so interesting. Look, she returned the money that she got from this guy, and she's going after the airline, I guess? Wow. Well, yeah, because if you accept any money, then it's basically deemed to be like a settlement. So she probably wants to get more money, so she returned it. She don't want to accept the the money so that it can't be perceived as a settlement. So she's probably going to go for like millions from the airline. Yeah, she'll say, hey, they... They put me at risk and they put me next to this fucking psycho and whatever. That's crazy. How do you, even if you get that fucked up, like you get that drunk, how do you do that? How do you just piss on someone? That's fucking insane. Uh, anyway, was he drunk? Yeah, that's was crazy. He just a psycho? Yeah, well, they're saying was he, he was drunk? drunk. They said he was said to be drunk from a flight from New York to New Delhi. Yeah, so this happened in the States, technically. Look at that. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, troubling times are ahead, man. Troubling times are ahead. And speaking of other fraudsters, you mentioned something to me offline about Celsius and some of the fraud that was going on there. You want to enlighten the people a little more? Yeah, so the founder, the founder of Celsius was just uh, sued by the SEC and by the New York uh, Attorney General for fraud. Um, basically, it was... Uh, he was sued because he misled his investors um, and basically, you know, stole money from them in essence. Um, this guy's name, I think his name was Mashinsky, if I'm not mistaken, uh, James Mashinsky. I know his name starts with J. 
Yeah, James Brzezinski, that's what it was. And he stole hundreds of thousands of dollars from these people, um, probably close to a million dollars in what he stole. And he was promising like these hefty returns, these eight, nine, ten percent returns on stable coins. And he said, like, oh, Celsius is as safe as a bank. Uh, our money is backed one to one. But meanwhile, this wasn't the case. Uh, we later found out that Celsius was engaging in uh, investments in these, you know, these risky investments, rehypothecating re uh, customer funds, not separating customer deposits from their own internal cash. And they basically went all went loose or when, when all went haywire, they basically didn't tell investors that they failed or that these investments failed and they continued the Ponzi and it eventually came to a close. I think in, uh, was it June, June of 22? I think it came to a close. The bank, they filed for bankruptcy, uh, basically in June of 2022. And now the sec and the New York attorney general are coming down on this character, James Kaczynski. Uh, for what he did to people, how he stole this amount of money. And this guy, he reminds me of the, the first guy we talked about, the Gucci Bishop guy. He was like a very flamboyant guy. He was in interview. He was in a lot of interviews. He wasn't remaining on the down low, off the radar. He went on like channels like Meet Kevin. He went on Fox News, CNBC. He went on a whole bunch of these channels. And uh, yeah, I think basically uh, he deserves to uh, go to prison. And I think uh, they're even taking it a step further. I think the Attorney General uh, Latita James, if I'm not mistaken, she's basically seeking him from doing any sort of business in uh, New York State. So basically, he's not going to be able to get a business license in the future, which I think is uh, right because he uh, stole money from all these investors. And I don't think he should be doing business in New York any longer. If there was a way for him, for basically him to be banned on a federal level. And for him to not get a uh, business license on the federal level, I would advocate for that as well. But I don't think there is a way for that to be done. Yeah, I think this guy's in a world of trouble. I think he's just genuinely stupid. How do you let that happen? How do you commit fraud to that level? How do you betray the trust of your clients? How do you betray the trust of your customers? I mean, they're trusting you with the custodial deposits and all of a sudden you embezzle it and... You know, that whole thing is just a shit show. We've said numerous times, not your keys, not your coins. We sound like a broken record at this point in time. But it, it's just amazing how people let that happen and they let it come to that point. Uh, and something else I do want to touch on that is very unrelated here, but I think is very interesting, is the topic of Andrew Tate. Uh, so obviously we had an intermittent break. You guys didn't notice this, but in terms of recording, we took a couple weeks off. Uh, we built up a decent backlog. I probably... Uh, a lot of people will not say that. A lot of content creators will pretend, oh, no, we just recorded. No, no, we build up a backlog sometimes, especially around holidays and situations where it gets a little tougher to record. So um, prior to this episode being released, uh, Andrew Tate was detained in Romania on charges of human trafficking. And I have reason to believe that potentially um, it is because he ha he has a large level i mean he has a large level and just a large position of influence over particularly younger people uh i would say from the age of 18 to 35 um who happen to be male and what the socioeconomic part of society would classify that as is military age men and he's openly spoken about how the current system is very corrupt and how there are elements at play that 
look to manipulate certain things and prevent certain people from being in power. He's also actually come out and said that Logan Paul was controlled by someone and he had handlers and a lot of these other social media people have also have handlers and they're not allowed to speak uh, in a manner that is congruent to free speech and congruent to what they personally believe. Um, so I wanted your thoughts on this and whether or not you believe that the charges are legitimate. Um, there were a few things that I do feel I would like to point out, but I'd like to hear your opinion first. So what do you think, man? My thoughts on Andrew Tate in general or my thoughts on, um, the whole situation where his, was... his detainment, his recent detainment. Yeah. So, um, my personal thoughts on his detainment are that, uh, there's not enough evidence for him to uh, be convicted. I think a person is innocent until proven guilty, and I don't think they collected enough evidence to prove that he's guilty of uh, these, you know, these crimes that uh, he's being accused of: uh, money laundering, um, grape, the fruit grape, and um, and uh, tra traffic light, traffic lighting. I don't think there's enough evidence to prove that he's guilty of these crimes, and I think people should. Uh, look a little deeper into these issues, look at, you know, the enemies that he's formed, uh, Greta Thunberg being one of them, maybe some other enemies he's formed in big tech, um, maybe some enemies he's formed overseas in uh, Romania that we don't know about. And they should look into this issue more. They should look into the evidence that's been gathered. Um, you know, Twitter is a whole cesspool of uh, fake news being put out there about how a pizza box got him arrested. I don't believe that to be the case. I mean, when you look at, uh, pictures and such, you can see the background imagery and you can see the metadata in, in the uh, pictures. And the Romanian police obviously knew that he was in Romania from that alone. And uh, yeah, I don't think he is basically guilty of these crimes. I think, you know, you have to look a lot deeper into these issues, realize that uh, there might have been some external pressure, maybe from big tech or maybe from an, another um, person or another uh, organization. And you have to be intellectually honest with yourself and realize that there's not enough evidence here to prosecute him. And I think when you make an extraordinary claim here that someone's guilty of these heinous crimes, I think you should provide extraordinary evidence. And you, sh you should simply dismiss uh, dismiss this uh, propagation or pro uh, promulgation. You dismiss this promulgation that he's guilty of these crimes since there's not enough evidence that he is guilty. Yeah, without a doubt, I think that uh, potentially there are nefarious uh, factors at play here. I'll just play this for the people in the back. God, I think I should do it one more time just for good measure. Why not, right? Yeah, why not? So speaking of uh, nefarious actors and nefarious offenders at play, uh, what was this about Harmon you were telling me about? This one crypto guy, I'm not too familiar with him, but you were telling me something I was very interesting offline. What was that about? Who, Beth Harmon, the um, the chess player? Since we're talking about Andrew Taylor, I thought we mentioned chess. Uh, Beth Harmon, you're talking about? Or are you talking about some other Harmon? Some other Harmon, right? I believe some other Harmon, yeah. And not Dan Harmon, not the creator of Rick and Morty. <laughs> not that guy. There was another Harmon you were telling me. Oh, about. that's right. Uh, Larry Harmon, Larry Harmon. 
uh, basically, uh, I don't know, have you ever heard of Larry Harmon or no? I'm not familiar with him, but I'm aware that he was somewhere involved in the crypto community. Yeah, so Larry Harmon, uh, he was this individual. He founded this platform or this service called Helix. And if you remember uh, what Tornado Cash is, which is basically this mixing service, this service called Helix is very similar to uh, what Tornado Cash is. So he founded the service uh, Helix, um, which is this mixing service, kind of like Tornado Cash, which was uh, banned. I think we mentioned that in the previous episode, how Tornado Cash was banned. Yeah, so he founded the service Helix. And... It wasn't really a real service. He was basically taking the funds that people deposited into Helix um, or deposited into his mixing service, and he was stealing all of the Bitcoin, all of the Ethereum that was deposited into the service. I think it was mainly uh, Bitcoin that he mixed. And at the end of the scheme, uh, we find out that he basically stole 712 Bitcoin um, from all these different people that deposited into his mixing service. So years go on, right? Uh, the government cracks down on him. And eventually they con they confiscate the Bitcoin. They track down the Bitcoin on the blockchain and the IRS and other federal agencies go and they seize the Bitcoin. Now you would think that's where the story ends. He gets arrested, the Bitcoin seized. Uh, you know, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network comes in or FinCEN comes in, invokes a 60 million civil penalty. You think that would be the end of it, right? You would never hear uh, hear about this story again, but no, it goes even uh, even deeper. His brother, uh, his brother Gary Harmon comes in and basically had uh, the seed phrases to to his uh, Bitcoin wallet that he turned over to the IRS, and he basically starts transferring money out of of his uh, wallet that the IRS has um, in cold storage, and he starts stealing the money back from the IRS that was confiscated. So he got his money seized by the IRS, and then the brother steals it back. This is the, one of the craziest stories I ever seen. And you would think uh, the IRS and the government would be smart enough to basically transfer the funds out of the wallet that was given to them into another secure wallet. But no, the, the IRS and the government didn't do that. They kept um, they kept the funds in this Trezor wallet in an IRS storage locker and never transferred the funds out of that wallet. You would think they would know better about how it could be backed up by a seed phrase and how they could get access to the funds again. But no, they didn't do it. It shows the total incompetence of the government at, at its work. It's just an insane okay. story. Yeah, I'm amazed that they weren't smart enough to move the funds out of the tracer. So because of that, they were just able to, like you said, to use the seed phrase, get back into the wallet and pull the money out. Pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah. So the feds were so stupid, they probably had this tracer and they thought, oh, the funds are on here, the funds are on here, and they weren't even on there. How did this guy get caught? I mean, obviously yeah. they would know like he was the one that stole it back, but how did he get caught? Yeah, they seized the money. They seized it back. Then the brothers started buying properties. Um, luckily, you know, they're not the smartest group of people. The brothers started buying properties in Ohio. They started buying physical assets. And eventually, they just seized the physical assets again. So there wasn't much harm in this whole situation since they, you know, they bought physical assets in the United States that they could just seize again. But these, this shows the total incompetence of the government uh, at work. If these people were smart enough, they could have transferred the assets overseas to another the wallet and then these assets could have never been found again but you know luckily we're not dealing with the smartest of brothers here congratulations you played yourself i don't know how you just don't move the money to another jurisdiction where the federal government can't seize it it's pretty amazing that people are that stupid and they're not smart enough to realize that it, it's amazing you could you, know you could have just you could have just took the money and moved it to somewhere else particularly 
China. 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 You China. know where he was moving it? Some po- some portion of the money. Get get where, the haram button ready. Get the haram button ready. Where where did he, he move it? He was in strip club. He was moving in between girls' asses. That's what he was doing. Haram. He moved. Uh, hey, get the haram button ready. He moved um, one hundred thousand one dollar bills into the into these asses around the country. He was traveling around the country haram. on an expedition. Hit the haram button. Hit it three four times. Haram. That is most certainly haram, my friend. Inshallah, inshallah, haram. Yeah, he spent he spent one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars of the seven hundred uh seven hundred plus Bitcoin stolen on uh, those haram activities. That was most and, certainly uh, haram. Wow. He, supposedly, he faces a maximum jail sentence of forty years. We'll see how long he gets. If he gets forty years, and SBF doesn't get more, if he gets less than, uh, if SBF gets less than this guy, then you know there's some corruption going on. Oh, certainly. The whole thing with SBF, and this was something we spoke about ad nauseum in his whole saga. I don't want to talk about him too much today. We've literally covered everything there is to, you know, with him. We'll cover more once sentencing comes and maybe some new evidence and revelation comes to light. Um, but I will say this, though, with SBF, we've noticed that in particular, in his case, um, it lo- you know, he bought a lot of access politically so that Will that affect his sentencing? I mean, I tend to think so. Yeah, I think that there were a lot of people, particularly on the left, that he gave a lot of money to. And I think judges are, you know, unfortunately, they are subject to political biases like everyone else. And I think that they'll likely lean towards a, you know, a lesser sentence. I don't think he's going to get 110 years like the maximum uh, sentencing would be per the U.S. sentencing guidelines. I think he'll probably get, you know, maybe like, Elizabeth Holmes level, like maybe 10, 11 years, if that, maybe eight years. I don't think they're going to give him, I don't think they're going to throw the book at him, regardless of how many famous people, wealthy people, billionaires, he, you know, got conned into his little scheme. I think it's going to be a lot of fucking, uh, a lot of people who are going to go to bat for him because he gave them a lot of money and he helped them win in a specific election cycle, which I'll leave at that. But there was one other thing that I feel is really important to mention here, and that's particularly with our good friend, friend of the show, friend of the court, CoffeeZilla. And uh, he's been doing some good work. I did see briefly um, that he called out Logan Paul for that crypto zoo scam. And I we did talk about this the last episode. But what was going on with this crypto zoo thing? How is Logan Paul implicated? By the way, he did so many of these fucking crypto pump and dumps at this point pretty ridiculous it's like dude like why, why do you have to keep doing these pump and dumps just do a bot i guess he figures like oh i'll make a million dollars for like 10 minutes of some fucking scam or whatever and just put my name on it but it's like dude you like you're just destroying your public while standing in your public re- reputation for money that you could make tenfold in boxing or like in wwe so why do it i don't get it yeah, I mean, the, the whole situation was crazy. I mean, he, he got totally exposed by CoffeeZilla. Uh, I don't I don't know if the if the, uh, the audience knows, like, the whole origin of the whole entire thing. Like, uh, Yeah, can you, can you give us some – can you give us some context, at least, of what CryptoZoo is, Logan's involvement, and, like, kind of how he was called out, I guess? Because this is some stuff that I wasn't I wasn't able to watch the series. I know CoffeeZilla. By the way, I'll just say this free ad for CoffeeZilla, our good friend. He did a three-part series, broke the whole thing down. 
you know, it looks good. I did see bits and pieces. I can't say that I've seen the whole thing. God, I know you mentioned to me that you've seen this. So I'd love for you to just enlighten the people and share some wisdom. Yeah, so he basically invented this game or this play to earn. Uh, it's an NFT, he called it, but he invented this play to earn uh, game called CryptoZoo on the Binance Smart Chain. And the idea behind the whole game was you had these, it was kind of like Pokemon, right? You had these um, eggs and you would purchase these eggs. And then later, uh, you had the ability to hatch these eggs and breed animals with these eggs. And once you breed the animals, if you hold them on, you know, a daily basis, a weekly basis or whatever, you would earn these sort of like proprietary tokens and they call them zoo tokens. And these zoo tokens had a value and you could sell these zoo tokens um, on, you know, different platforms or different people using pancake swap or whatever it may be uh, for, you know, a monetary sum or a monetary amount of money. Right. But this whole thing came crashing down when the eggs, you, the whole concept of the game came crashing down when you couldn't even hatch the eggs. The whole that was the whole point of the game. You were supposed to be able to hatch eggs and then basically have these shoe tokens come out of it. But the hatching function never worked. Um, basic the hatching function never worked, and the game never worked in its essence. And it's now been over 15 months since this game was launched, and the basic function of the game ha hasn't even come to fruition. So Coffee Ziller, being you know the astute journalist, it comes out. And he puts Logan Paul on blast, as he should put Logan Paul on blast, basically stealing from his fans and manipulating them and basically showing no remorse for his actions and being the total scumbag that Logan Paul is and Logan Paul has been for his whole entire life. And he calls him out and Logan Paul responds to him. He says, oh, I'm not the bad guy in this whole situation. There were other people involved. Um, Jake, uh, the crypto king, Greenbaum, was involved. Eddie Ibanez was involved and Logan Paul was, was involved. So those are the three people that basically founded the project. And basically what Logan does is he blames it on two other individuals. He blames it on Eddie Ibanez and he blames it on Jake the Crypto King uh, Greenbaum. He fails to take responsibility for his part in it. And he basically claims incompetence, how he hired these incompetent people um, to work on the project. They fled the country. They stole his code. They refused to work with him. And basically, he he's, takes no, no uh, responsibility for what he did, how he stole from people. And he's basically, you know, claims to be the one that he got duped in this whole thing. But that doesn't explain how it's been 15 months in this whole situation. He could have hired a new developing a new development team. He could have hired uh, new people to work on this project. He could have, he's a millionaire. He could have refunded, you know, the five dollars $600,000 that was lost. Um, in this project himself from his own from his own uh, you know wallet or his own money that he has in his bank and he's just failing to take responsibility he's not apologizing and he's not taking accountability for his actions and he's claiming um, that he him and his manager Jeff basically made no money from this whole entire thing and that he was the one that was defrauded um, by these two other individuals and that he feels bad but it's not his like responsibility to deal with this but you know, I think otherwise, I think it is his responsibility to deal with it. He put his name behind it and he should reimburse investors, even though he didn't make any money on it. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't prove anything. He still put his name behind it and he should take responsibility for that. And he should refund people for, for what he did. And he's, re he's refusing to do so. And he even threatened to sue uh, Coffeezilla for defamation in his response video and libel. 
and basically people are coming down on Logan Paul uh, heavy now. And even in a, in a recent Impulse episode, I saw a clip. He even started crying like a little bitch on the episode. And basically Mike, you know, the co-host Mike uh, Malak or Mashlak was basically, basically licking his balls throughout the whole entire episode and was just basically, um, he was a total embarrassment. And Logan Paul was crying on the episode like a little bitch that he, that he is. And Kofi Zilla, you know, he deserves a lot of respect for what he did in this whole situation. He called him out. Um, he basically, uh, you know, brought up his other schemes that he did in the past, dink doink, uh, other scams that he did, the pitcher scam with the NFTs. And I think Logan Paul should take responsibility here and should be, even though he made no money, he should still refund people since he was incompetent in hiring people and incompetent in forming a development team. If you put your name behind something and people lose money, even though, you know, you still didn't make any money yourself, you should stand by, behind your name and refund them out of your own personal wallet because you showed a lack of uh, a lack of uh, competence in this realm. So that's why you should refund them because you weren't competent in hiring uh, the development team. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, I think inte integrity is really important. And I think without integrity, you don't really have too much to live for. Um, without a moral code, you don't have too much to live for. If you're just willing to bend the knee and kind of cuck to anyone, you have a big problem. I think Logan should have done a better, at least from what you're telling me, with the two guys fleeing the country, whatever, embezzling the funds, so on and so forth. One of the guys, I believe, served jail time. Am I wrong about that am i right i believe i saw one of the guys yeah the uh yeah eddie ibanez a little back i don't know if you know the full background of him but he he was a, a fraudster you know a prominent con man he stole i think he stole he got this big contract with the mormon church he claimed to be ex. he, he put up a whole fake story he claimed to be ex-cia he claimed to be part of uh, a couple agencies total complete lie he stole twenty thousand dollars a month uh from the mormon church he got a contract with the mormon church to basically provide uh, this sort of uh, data analytics to the Mormon church for that to help them recruit people into the church. And he claimed to be a uh, an employee of the Philadelphia Eagles, and he claimed to provide them with data analytics to help them win the Super Bowl. And he was walking around with this fake Super Bowl ring, and that got him a lot of credibility um, with the owner of the New York Yankees and the owner of a couple of other uh, professional sports teams. But yeah, he was a complete and utter fraud. I, th I don't know if he got arrested. I think he fled the country, though. I don't think he, he's uh, currently under arrest. I don't think people know where exactly where he is right now. Wow. Yeah, that's unbelievable. You got to do a better job vetting people. You can't let people into your circle, circle or into your life who are just total fraudsters and have a proven track record. Uh, you mentioned this with the merchant of death and it's so applicable here, but it's just like the recidivism rate of someone who's a convicted fraudster or someone who has a known past as a fraudster, especially as someone who's a young adult or younger adult is really high. So the odds of him, you know, going back into that life of committing fraud or going back into that life of being a criminal is ridiculously high. Uh, yeah, Logan, he's got to get his shit together. I think that uh, he, he's got a lot of problems that lie ahead of him. Uh, I think one day he'll he'll have to answer for some of the crypto scams he's done. Um, I did say this in the past and I know that you concurred with me, but through my, you know, infinite wisdom and high level intelligence sources, of course, very well connected man I am. Um, I've had numerous individuals who I consider to be very trustworthy. Um, I would say in the know, and I would say who have a lot of credence and a lot of sway in certain things that transpire. 
Um, and they tipped me off previously about investigations into whether or not influencers committed, uh, you know, pop like Ponzi schemes, like crypto schemes, whether or not they did any sort of rug pulls and whether or not they violated securities law. And uh, we did mention this on a oh, previous episode did. in the past, Un unquestionably. Uh, we did mention this in a, in a previous episode in the past. And uh, truth be told, Logan, I don't know if you'll hear this clip, but you know, someone on your team will probably see this clip and they'll probably bring this to your attention. But I'm not sure if you are aware, but there's in all likelihood probably a case being built against you right now. And I think that's the only reason why you're right. able to kind of get away with this stuff in the meantime uh, is because, as we say, the wheels of justice are slow to turn. Um, I would not be surprised if he is indicted within the next year and a half. I, I believe no, they, that is almost a certainty. No, they have him dead to rights dead to rights right now. They can arrest him right now because in they have uh, text messages um, from this whole uh, fiasco and Coffee Ziller exposed this. Uh, Logan Paul was participating in market manipulation, which is a federal crime, and you you definitely go to prison for market manipulation. I think you get uh, five to twelve months for market manipulation. What Logan Paul said in a text message to uh, the Crypto King and Eddie Ibanez is he said this: "No selling until two hundred million market cap, and don't impact the market more than three percent, three percent in a day or ten percent in a week." That's the text message he sent. These two individuals. So that's pure as day. You have dead to rights for market manipulation, and you can uh, arrest them right now and give them five to 12 months uh, in jail for that alone. Now, that doesn't include fraud. That doesn't include a whole uh, array of other charges that could be put against them. But yeah, they're definitely investigating this. And I, th I wouldn't be surprised if Logan Paul um, goes to jail or basically uh, becomes an informant and flips on other people in the crypto industry because they have, they have dead to rights here with text messages and other evidence unquestionably unquestionably while you were speaking i was on youtube and i was looking up logan paul crying why was he crying what, what the fuck was that about i mean i could see the shorts here and it says something with religion because he's a sigma or, male i don't understand why he was crying like what made he's him a, cry though he's a sigma male right he's a psychopathic fuck and he's putting on a show and he started crying during an apology it's the, one of the thickest apologies i ever seen in my life um it reminded me of the suicide for this reminded me of the forest thing that he did um in 20 uh, you could say suicide forest it doesn't matter you, you could say that okigahara the suicide forest in japan yeah you could say that it doesn't matter don't worry about the word suicide i'll just cut it from the short we won't when i do a short i just won't include you saying suicide this will stay in the final cut for the podcast episode but oh by the way just a fair warning to people who are watching our podcast listening um when we say shit that's controversial we'll leave it in the full episode but we're just going to strike it from the shorts. The shorts are sort of like our fucking little Disney, you know, commercials, whatever, happy fucking go lucky. But this is all more serious down to breast tax business type shit. So this is all the shit you'll hear in the final cut that you don't get with the shorts. So go ahead. Sorry, God. I, sorry to interrupt. Wanted to interject. Yeah, I think Logan Paul is just completely delusional. I think I think he's going to end up being uh, being arrested for this whole situation. And he also threatened Coffee. I don't know if I mentioned this before. He threatened Coffeezilla with a with a lawsuit, and he said that Coffeezilla basically illegally illegally recorded a private conversation with his manager Jeff, which is totally not the case. Because if Logan Paul had any common sense, he would realize that Coffeezilla is in Texas, not California, and Texas is basically a single party consent state. So he doesn't have to abide. Um, by uh he doesn't have to abide by the dual party consent 
uh, required in California since Kofi Ziller wasn't placing the telecommunications in California. He was in Texas. So that's a little loophole that Logan Paul should, you know, study and realize about. And numerous times throughout the video, Kofi Ziller told um, the manager, Jeff, uh, he said, would you like to put this on the record? And manager Jeff said, you know, I don't care. You can do whatever you want to do. So he basically consented right there. So Logan Paul is a complete and utter idiot. And Kofi Ziller is, you know, basically the king of YouTube right now. I would say he's the king of finance YouTube. He's exposing a lot of scams and, you know, shout out my boy, Steven. 100%. And the other thing is that people don't realize this, but Coffee Zilla, like he's not only exposing a lot of these crypto scams, he called the um, Celsius collapse beforehand. He called Tether collapse, which is yet to happen. He called the Genesis collapse about a week before. And he's been right about a lot of these things and how there are a lot of nefarious people involved in that space. He's also called out Meet Kevin, who is he, you know, he's pretty good friends with. He called out Graham Stephan. He called out all these other finance YouTubers for just shilling whatever garbage coin and whatever endorsement from, you know, insert name of company um, without doing their due diligence and just sort of seeking the bag. He called out Andre Jick. Andre Jick was pushing BlockFi. What happened to BlockFi? They went out of business. Andre Jick claimed that he had his life savings on on BlockFi, it's like, okay. Because he said, oh, it yields higher than a bank account, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's not FDIC insured, you fuck nut. So why would you have a million dollars on there? Why wouldn't you just whack it up into increments of 250 and then just split them between four bank accounts where it's fully insured? Like, the fuck's wrong with you? But anyway, nonetheless, that's a whole other topic of conversation. But uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of people who, you know, they take these deals and, you know, am I going to do a commercial for, uh, Roundup, if I know that it causes cancer, which has been proven in a court of law, I would not be uh, in any violation of the law or subject to any lawsuit in saying that. But Roundup, it was you know it was proven in a court of law that there were people who developed cancer from it because of the uh, chemicals and pesticides contained within the mix. So, am I going to do a an ad for Roundup anytime soon? Probably not. You know, probably not. Uh, but you know, you have to have a better job of that. You have to do a better job of vetting who's around you. You have to do a better job of not making a conscious and cognizant effort to scam your fans and you know really it, it's not worth it the the hit to your reputation is not worth it um if you have the public support on your side more often than not you can actually come out ahead i think if logan paul decides decides to go through with suing coffeezilla he's going to be in for a world of trouble because coffeezilla has a lot of support behind him and here's the other thing that most people don't realize it's a lot of bipartisan support in a world right now especially on social media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, everything, right? IG, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever. Everyone is polarized, right? Everything is partisan. There's with anything that comes up, any topic, any controversial figure, any polarizing figure, everything is so politically charged nowadays. Even sports is politically charged. You have people who feel one way on the left and people who feel another way on the right. CoffeeZilla has bipartisan support. He has the he is winning in the court of public opinion. Um, and I think that Logan is in a world of trouble because if he does try to sue CoffeeZilla and try to kind of strong arm him, people will rally behind him. People really like him. Uh, I know that there are a lot of some of my friends and and God, I know that you can attest to this, but some of our friends in very high level uh, places who have infinitely more money than Logan Paul, um, they like CoffeeZilla more. Like, it's just what it is. Like, there are people who will back CoffeeZilla to the end of the earth and they like what he's doing. And people who uh, 
are incredibly wealthy who align their beliefs with uh, what CoffeeZilla is doing and calling out scammers. And, you know, these are people who, yeah, they have a lot of money, but like they're looking out for the average person. They want the average person to be able to get ahead. They believe in a capitalist society where with enough intuition, intelligence and, you know, forward thinkingness, you can get ahead. And they want to be able to see the average person do that. So they actually align themselves with the guy that's taking down all the scammers. So, and again, Logan Paul, you're going to be in a world of trouble if you decide that that is the path you want to take. I mean, it's very simple. Uh, you know, enough people. The other thing, too, is one of two things will happen. The public will rally around CoffeeZilla and donate to a GoFundMe or start one for him and fund his legal fees. His legal fees would be crowdfunded. That's the first thing, which I think for Logan is very stupid to do incredibly stupid because the public support will public support and like i said public while standing court of public opinion will be on coffeezilla's side the entire time which will then manipulate the other thing uh whatever you send the message which which will then like manipulate the case because let's face it public opinion and public while standing does affect the outcome of court cases we saw that happen with uh johnny depp and amber heard in that case right amber heard didn't stand a chance from the fucking rip because the court of public opinion was on Johnny Depp's side because there were enough years that have gone by to where all the evidence came out that she was lying, she shit on the bed, and you know, she lied about donating money, and like she's a horrible person. It was like pretty evident. So obviously they took Johnny Depp's side, and in his case, he won. Very simple. Um, the other thing is number two, which I think is Logan's big problem, and this is what he really should be worried about, is that in threatening someone who represents someone who is an arbiter who protects the interests of the average person and doesn't want the average person to get scammed, people will report Logan Paul in mass to the SEC and the FTC for what he has done. And they will present the evidence of him, like you said, committing market manipulation. And that's what I would be afraid of. Because if 100 people, if I was Logan Paul, that's what I'd be afraid of. Because if 100 people go out and they go to the SEC, FTC, and they say, hey, Logan Paul did X, Y, Z, here's the proof. Logan Paul did X, Y, Z, here's the proof. And in mass, they they contact the SEC and FTC 100 times over. If you think they're not going to take action after getting that many complaints about one person, you are out of your fucking mind. They're going to review the evidence. They're going to say, why are so many people calling in to report? Why are so many emailing in or whatever to report? What do you think is going to happen? They're going to look. They're going to look, you know, it's crazy. If enough people call the fire department and they say there's a fire, you better believe the, the fire department's going to dispatch multiple fucking trucks to put out the fire. It's quite simple. Yeah, this whole Bravios uh, strategy that he's employing, it's going to backfire. I mean, it's not going to cost Kofizilla or anything, even if he does sue him, right? Kofizilla got sued before and after, uh, after his suit. He raised money through GoFundMe for the first lawsuit that he had from this, you know, this other scammer. But now he doesn't even have to do that anymore. After the first lawsuit, he basically bought media insurance. And media insurance basically protects, protects you against any sort of uh, lawsuit or anything like that. You do have to pay um, a deductible, which is usually $50,000. So it's just going to cost, you know, CoffeeZilla $50,000 out of pocket. And then the, all, all other excess fees will be paid for by the insurance that he, that he bought. So he's not really in too much trouble. He can't go bankrupt or he can't go broke from a lawsuit if Logan Paul does, you know, soon. Um, Logan Paul would probably end up spending much more money than CoffeeZilla if that was the case. And I, I think it's, you know, not a good uh, or wise decision to take 
on a publicity side because when you try and silence somebody that's against you or you you know you wholeheartedly try and you know uh censor someone through threat or coercion of a lawsuit uh it's it's not a good move i mean you're going to get people that rallying against you you're going to get your uh publicity or uh basically your um you know your uh, social uh credit score as as you know people like to say or your q score um as you know uh as shown in hollywood is going to go down your q score is going to go down and you're going to become less popular and you, your just reputation and credibility gets destroyed in general and i think he should take a more uh proactive approach he should apologize for his actions he should actually uh put money into hiring a new development team he should get the project underway and if he can't make the project succeed um he should just refund everybody the amount, the amount of money that he, they put into the project. And that might be complicated or hard to do since, you know, these tokens have traded, um, these NFTs have traded. So you don't know exactly how much each individual person has lost, but he should, you know, try and, you know, form some sort of like uh retribution campaign to refund all these people that lost money, as well as actually fulfill his promise and actually hire a development team to get this game going. So uh, there's a, like a dual du du duality approach that he should take. And this is a more like a nuanced approach you should take. You should actually fulfill his word and be a man and not cry on, on YouTube or as as the little bitch that he is. I mean, crying on YouTube nowadays is basically equivalent to crying on national TV. And, you know, to be openly crying like that, I think you, have, you there's something wrong with your, your psyche. I think, you know, I think you should be embarrassed. I don't think you should be crying like that on national TV. I think... Anybody who sees that video, they should lose respect for Logan Paul. They should never talk to him again. I don't think I could have a friend that just goes on YouTube and starts crying. I, I would be totally embarrassed. It would affect my reputation. And I would have to disassociate from that person in general because what the fuck are you doing? I mean, come on. What are you doing here? Yeah, he's a total grifter too. Remember he tried to say that he agreed with Harry Styles wearing a dress? Like we clearly knew he didn't agree with that, but he was trying to act like he supported that and that was something that he would be comfortable doing. Like, who are you trying to win points with? Like, who's telling you to say this? You clearly don't feel that way. If you felt that way, you would have been surrounded by people who did that before, or you yourself would have done that. There's no way. There's no way. He's so disingenuous. He'll say anything for clout. He, he's not a genuine person whatsoever. On that same topic of influencers and people on the internet and having an internet presence, it looks like uh, Starlink has been in the news quite a bit recently. We know that they've been launching satellites into orbit. They have a deal with the International Space Station, which allows them to send out tens of thousands of satellites into orbit to provide high-speed internet on Earth and hopefully at some point Mars. Um, but you were telling me something offline about Starlink and Iran. What's going on there? Yeah, so the uh, the Didus creature or the Didus human, uh, supreme being, Elon Musk, right, came forward and he basically uh, decided to basically uh, – put starlings into iran and as you know like the iranian or iran basically uh was threatening to like shut down the internet due to the protests that were going on in iran um about you know uh you know women's women's rights and you know the spread of uh the woman's right to vote the woman's right to go to uh school the uh woman's rights to you know do a um wide array of things and th this is i would say this is a good a good sense of feminism i would say feminism in the west oftentimes goes too far but this this sort of feminism that's happening is you know the sort of feminism that uh i do agree with to some extent 
I do think women should have uh, more rights than they do in Iran, but I don't think it's, you know, the U.S.'s job or any other country's job to get involved. I think if they want it, they should fight for it uh, internally and people in the country should fight for it. So basically what Elon Musk did was he uh, started sending in these Starlink-like devices into Iran and he started smuggling them in and border guards caught um, caught his employees or other people, whatever, smuggling these devices in, and they basically waved them on in. They let they let the devices into the country, and you know you might say like, oh, wasn't wasn't uh, Iran sanctioned? But no, uh, basically uh, America basically cleared um, the way for American technology companies to operate there after the protests started happening um, in Iran and started happening in these Islamic countries. So they made special ex exemptions or exceptions for SpaceX and for other technology companies to make sure that internet is uh, uh, alive and well in Iran and some of these other countries. But yeah, I mean, uh, this is, I would say this is good overall. Um, you know, there was these video snippets circulating on social media showing, you know, the devices coming in to uh, Tehran, Iran. Um, and yeah, I think this is good overall. I think this is a way um, for women's rights to progress. And I think, um, you know, a lot of men were doing like walkouts since women weren't allowed to go to school and aren't allowed to have an education the men were walking out of their classrooms in like solitude for uh women's rights and yeah if, if this if this works and like the people in the country actually want um this and they don't and they don't want uh to you know maintain their conservative values so be with them i think they have a right to fight for what they believe in and for what they want and i don't think they should be influenced by another country or another person or another individual organization I think they should do what's, you know, what they want. They it's their society, their culture, and they should should do what they want. And you know, other people shouldn't try and control them. Wow, this is a fascinating topic. I'm finding in the Wall Street Journal exactly what you've been talking about. The headline for those who want to read it's a Wall Street Journal news exclusive. It says Iran's online crackdown prompts smuggling of Starlink kits which is pretty cool. And it says Iranian border guards discovered the gray box in a van crossing from Iraq in late October. Inside was a sleek machine resembling a monitor. But after questioning the driver, the guards waved the vehicle through, the people involved said. So very interesting. Uh, Elon Musk was saying publicly that they have over 100 Starlink satellites in orbit now and that people in Iran have access to this. And I think that's fucking dope, man. I know he was doing the same thing in Ukraine, but he came under fire. But they were losing a lot of fucking money doing that with Ukraine. But in the case of Iran, I mean, why not? You know, I think that the Internet should be free and open for all people. Um, and like I said, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think the U.S., as far as maybe providing some of the resources, like in this case for Starlink, they just have to move the satellites, you know. They just like slightly move them or launch them from a certain point where they can then be accessible to people in regions that are under control of oppressive regimes and oppressive governments. And I think uh, in a sense that the U.S. shouldn't be involved in a hot war or arming people or training people or and most certainly not in an invasion, but the U.S. should maybe be involved like through proxy, which we've seen happen time and time again in the past. I think that's probably very wise. I, I think that's a really good thing to do is maybe just give the people the information and let them decide what they want to do for themselves. You know, if, if the people of um, 
Iran decide that they want to abide by Sharia law, then fucking let them abide by Sharia law. What the fuck do I care? You know, it, it, I don't give a shit. As long as they're not committing any acts toward any acts of aggression towards uh, the United States or any of its main allies. And by main allies, I mean like Great Britain or Canada or whoever. I don't give a fuck, you know, if they want to fucking, you know, do shit that's fucked up and hurt each other over there. It's not my responsibility to make sure that they don't hurt each other. Like, I don't know what to say. You know, we can't be the world peacekeeper. We just can't. It's it's a it's a fool's errand. It's a futile task. You know, people and human nature, more specifically, has a bloodlust. I'll call it bloodlust, an insatiable desire for bloodlust that revolves around constant violence, killing each other, consolidation of resources, consolidation of wealth, consolidation of power. And truth be told, I think that that was something that's something that will continue for millennia. It'll continue forever, essentially. And it's not the U.S.'s job to police every little wrongdoing that happens in the world. Yeah, I mean, this whole situation in Iran, it started with this this girl called Masamini. And I, I think she, she's going to end up becoming like sort of this like uh, Martin Luther kind of like uh, uh, Gandhi like figure in, in the future. I mean, she's going to be in history books. Definitely. She started this whole um, she started this whole protest. She started this outrage that came in the country. And I guess it's going to depend on where the change actually happens, but she has a good chance to be um, in the history books for the courage that she exhibited um, while in, you know, the custody of the uh, morality police as it's uh, characterized as, but yeah, this, the bringing Starlink into Iran, um, it's a kind of like a dangerous and complex uh, operation. It's not simple. Um, the fact that they were able to get these satellites in and deliver the internet um, to Iranian, um, the Iranian people is uh, remarkable to say the least. And, you know, it's, it's a good way for them to get information on what's going on, uh, it, whether or not uh, the protest, people being killed in the protest, whether or not um, information is being uh, censored. And it's a way to get the information to the people of Iran. And it's a way to basically, it's a practical and basically safer way to, uh, for the U.S. or for other countries to basically support uh, their efforts without sending uh, their own people or sending or sending their own weapons or sending um, other things to the country, money to the country, which would heighten the risk and heighten the um, heighten the international implications and uh, cost and logistics and security implications and might get us involved uh, in a war with the Iranian government. This is a simple way to basically. Uh, support the efforts without getting too involved and middling in international affairs that we probably shouldn't uh, middle in. But you know what is funny, folks? The end of this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking around. We appreciate it. We'll see you guys on the next one. Peace out. God, tell the people goodbye.